Hello, welcome to the show. This is Culture Armistice. I'm Brownie. It's been a while. Uh, but I'm back. So, there's been some disturbing developments in the world. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, mainly, I, I think people are lost. I think people are lost. That's what I've decided. So, we, we've, uh, as you probably know, the, uh, a satirical magazine in France has been attacked. This happened a couple weeks ago now at this point. I guess it's been a little over two weeks or something. So the uh, satirical magazine had some pictures of Muhammad, which of course enrages certain uh, fringe segments of the Muslim world. And they were attacked. So that's all well and good. Uh, the part that really bothers me is the aftermath. So first of all, France is not a place that really respects freedom of speech. And I know that they probably don't see it that way. And I know, so I, I'm, in my travels, I frequently meet, uh, Europeans or people... People from uh, Western democracy type places, besides America, and, uh, you know, they frequently will say, uh, say things to the effect of, well, their countries have the same freedoms as America, as the U.S., and uh, so the U.S. is nothing special as far as freedom, and, you know, that's, okay, so I'm not like a big U.S. guy, I don't care about the concept of the United States of America. It doesn't matter to me. But I, I have to agree, disagree uh, with anyone who, who thinks that uh, speech protection anywhere in the world is as strong as it is in the United States. And the reason is because well, basically it's an attitude thing, and I've, I've covered this before on this show, I'm trying to get situated here. My uh, cord is in my way. Anyway, um, the thing, the difference between the U.S. and, as far as I know, every other country that currently exists is that the U.S. recognizes uh, natural rights, which basically means, so in, in the uh, founding documents, various founding documents, uh, they recognize that human beings have inalienable, inalienable rights, you know, wherever they happen to come from, from the creator, or just by virtue of existing, um, people have rights. And then, we needed restrictions on other people from taking away natural rights that people have. So, the Constitution, for example, restricts the government. It makes it so the government cannot take away the rights we have that we are born with. Okay, now this is an important uh, thing to note, right? Whereas, in other countries, at least 
the majority of the people I end up meeting <laughs> from other countries, so maybe you've had different experiences from me, they say, oh yeah, we have government gives us free, free speech and free religion and all that good stuff. And yeah, that's great as far as it goes, but that's the totally wrong attitude, man. The government doesn't give you this stuff. The government does not give you rights. You have rights. And the government doesn't get a say in that. In fact, they can't have a say in that. They can't take your rights. You have them. They don't give them to you. Okay, now this is important. This is an important distinction. So in the U.S., they say that people are born with the right to say what they want. That is an inalienable uh, not human right, natural right. Uh, and where and this is very different from oh well, the government lets us say what we want, but with certain obvious restrictions. There there are no restrictions. There's no restrictions. And so and this is the advantage the U.S. has. They in no uncertain language in the Bill of Rights. I mean, there's no way to miss construe this language. It says, Congress shall not make any law abridging the freedom of speech. You know, or, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here. But the important part is Congress cannot make a law that takes away free speech. And that's pretty final, man. So, you know, this includes hate speech, includes all forms of unpopular speech. And, you know, unpopular speech is, of course, the stuff that we need to protect. Or, not that we need to protect, but that the stuff that needs to be defended, because it's, you know, not popular. <laughs> I mean, popular speech doesn't need me to make a podcast about it, defending it. It doesn't need it. As usual, it, fa it falls to me to um, defend the scoundrels. That's okay. I welcome it. So, France has decided, and by the way, this is pretty common in uh, basically all of the European countries whose um, like constitutions I've browsed, uh, has some sort of provision about uh, limits on free speech for, uh, you know, offend, offend, uh, reasons of offending certain groups or for um, preserving uh, public order or for preserving public morality, things like this. And, I mean, I'd, I don't understand why people don't see that that is not free speech. That's not free speech. If you can't say immoral, unpopular, uh, hateful uh, things, then you don't have free speech. Because the thing is, there's no objective... Uh, there's no way, objective way to determine what is hateful or, or what's moral, right? I mean, it's whoever's in control determines that. And there's already multiple examples of governments, like Thailand, for one, and uh, I think Japan has tried this, too. Uh, where they try to define hate speech as uh, anti-government. So people who speak out against the government as hate speech, and that's a human rights violation. So 
I mean, this this type of thing is totally not surprising. I mean, if you put any limit on speech, then you have no free speech. And I, I just, I thought that, like, humanity learned this already. They did, right? I mean, this is like Enlightenment-era values stuff here. And it's just people are forgetting it because this isn't so okay the, the reason this is worrisome to me is like I, I've always known that most of the countries in Europe don't give a crap about free speech but I, I'm starting to see more and more people in the states now saying that this stuff is a good idea and okay so as a related issue you know there's this whole problem on like college campuses sort of like restricting speech you know that's not an, a violation of rights, I don't think. But uh, this is the incubator where these these ideas are, are born, I think. So, you know, for example, uh, recently there was that college who had a, an art installation of a... Um, I never saw the thing, by the way, so if you've seen it, you probably know better than me, but supposedly it was a statue in the shape of a clan member, but it had a bunch of, uh, like, anti-racist, like, newspaper clippings or something? So basically, the the artist says that the point was, like, you know, it was like an anti-racist statue, but because it had a clan member, this was like uh, a triggering thing or too offensive, so the school took it out. And again, this isn't a rights violation, but it is stupid. Um, and this type of occurrence seems to be pretty common in colleges these days. Uh, like, I don't know, for example, uh, Chris Rock, a uh, comedian who was pretty well known, I don't know if he's so famous now, but he basically, he said that he will not play at college campuses anymore because they get, they're too offended, too easily offended. And I don't know if you know much about Chris Rock, but he's actually a pretty brilliant comedian, some pretty incisive social commentary in his stuff. But he does have sort of a uh, in-your-face persona on stage, and he says some things that might be kind of offensive if you're not even listening to what he's saying. But anyway, basically, he's not he's persona non grata on college campuses because he's too offensive, even though he's actually saying things that these people probably agree with. They they don't like it. Not funny. Um, which is too bad, man. Really, it's it's too bad. I don't know how it got like this. I mean. You think of colleges as these hotbeds of free speech and, you know, liberal type fight the man stuff. At least, I don't know, that's what they were in the 60s, which is before my time. I don't know how they got here. It's really strange. It's really sad. Uh, I just, I don't like at all having to try to convince people that freedom of expression is a good thing. I hate that I have to do that. But I do, for some reason. How did this, how did it get like this? How, I, I can't even really 
put together a coherent thought about this because I'm so flabbergasted. I just, I don't understand how we got to this point. So, you don't have a right not to be offended. This is an important thing to remember. I'm sorry, but you don't. That would be nice if you did. But so many of these anti-speech people are saying, oh, yeah, you have, I value the right to free speech. But free speech doesn't give you license to go around offending people. And actually, it does give you that right. Because you don't have a right not to be offended. I mean, come on. Are you... Do you seriously think that that's an actual right to not be offended? So, besides the fact that it's nonsensical from a rights standpoint, nonsensical, how, what about just from a practical standpoint? How does that work? There's 7 billion people on planet Earth, and I guarantee that no matter what thought you possibly can think of and express, at least a few people are going to be offended by it. There is literally nothing a human being can think of and say that won't offend someone. And so, you literally can't say anything. You're saying, if you have free speech unless you offend someone is equivalent to saying, you can't even say anything, you can't talk. I mean, really, do I have to even say this? I, do, I can't believe I have to even say this. And why is being offended like this magic thing all of a sudden? Like, oh, if you get offended, you have this special power over people. You can, like, shut them down or... Well, I mean, what the heck, man? I talked about this in my first ever podcast, actually. Why, why is being offended someone else's responsibility? If someone gets angry, that's their problem, right? We send them to anger management class. If you get angry a lot, that's your problem, something you have to work on. If you get offended, though, no, 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 that's the other person. They're, it's their problem. We need to make laws to shut them up. Because you got offended. How does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I can't, I, I just, I don't understand why I have to sit here saying this right now. This is a waste of my time to have to sit here saying this right now. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Look, while we're on the subject of rights, I read someone on uh, on Facebook said uh, something along the lines of, uh, I'm, it's too bad when I get back to the States that I'll be denied my human right of free health care. And I just, I don't understand this attitude either. This is not a right. You don't have a right to health care. How, how can you have a right to health care? Health care is a service that needs to be provided to you by another person. You don't have a right to another person's labor. I mean, it would be nice if everyone had high-quality health care that they could afford, but it's not a freaking right. It's a privilege. How can you say it's a right? I mean, if you were, say, like, on a stranded on a desert island... Is that a rights violation because there's no high-quality health care for you to have for free? Your rights being violated by being stranded? Uh, or, or what if you're stranded on a desert island with a doctor? Then Are they then bound by your human right to health care to serve you? They're trying to survive for themselves. Do they have to, like, take, stop trying to provide food for themselves to, like, pull a splinter out of your foot or something? I mean, 
you don't have a right to their labor. Okay? You, d you don't have it. You don't have it. If you want to call these things privileges, like everyone should have the privilege of healthcare, then that's fine. I don't have a beef with you calling it that, even though I disagree. But you can't call this a right. It's not a right. You don't understand what a right is if you think healthcare is a right. Okay? Education is not a right. That's a service that needs to be provided to you. That's a privilege. I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. Rights are only the things that you have just by virtue of existing. Things that no one can take away from you. These are rights. You have a right to say what's on your mind. You have a right to pursue happiness. You have a right to associate with who you want. These are rights. Because these still exist if you're stranded on a desert island. If you're on an island, you still have all your rights. You can say what you want. You can associate with who you want. Right? You're not having your rights violated by being separated from service providers. You don't have a right to other people's labor. Because it's a violation of their rights, then. Man, like... Uh, so there's this thing uh, popular in European thought, legal thinking. They have, like, three generations of liberty, which I guess is, like, really influenced the constitutions in a lot of these countries or something like that. Basically, I don't know who thought of it. It's not even some famous dude. It's just some random guy who said there's three generations of liberty. And basically the first generation is uh, you have a right to not be prevented from, you know, living and having free freedom of speech and freedom of association. But then after those rights are satisfied, you have a second generation of rights, which is, uh, you know, right to health care, education, uh, food, wages, uh, and then that's the second generation. Then the third generation is some other crazy stuff that doesn't even exist on Earth right now, so far. But <laughs> probably, probably people are going to try to make it. Like, such as um, you have a right to uh, natural resources. Well, I don't know. Is that a third generation? Honestly, I don't even know what the heck the third generation is. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't need to talk about the third generation. The problem is the second generation of rights conflicts with the first generation, right? So if we say, first you have to satisfy everyone's first generation rights, which are their rights to just not be bothered, basically. But then, after those are satisfied, we move on to the second generation, where people have a right to healthcare and education. But if we say people have the right to that stuff, it violates the first generation rights of other people. And then you're back to, st to square one. And then you have to start all over and guarantee first generation rights for everyone. It doesn't freaking make sense. It doesn't make sense. I didn't explain this very well because I'm, I'm flustered. I'm flustered that I have to be saying these things right now. This isn't how I wanted to spend my afternoon. Anyway, what was I talking about? So, yeah, free speech. 
I know that people who aren't American don't care about the Constitution or the Bill of Rights, and that's fine, you shouldn't. By the way, I don't really care about it either myself. I mean, as Lysander Spooner said, it's either approved of the abuses that have happened, or it was powerless to stop them. Either way, it's kind of useless, and I fully agree with that. Uh, so I know that appeals to the First Amendment of the Constitution don't really matter to most of the people in the world. But I would just have to ask you, other people who don't care about the Constitution, just think about yourself. Any power you give a group of people to regulate what you say, I mean, it's going to be used to shut you up at some point. And I just, I, I thought that this was obvious. I thought this was obvious. If you go, if you really want to say, okay, well, we're going to outlaw people, you know, making racist statements. It sounds like a good idea, right? Racism doesn't really have much value. Doesn't have any value, I guess. Except as maybe a teaching tool. Um, okay, so, great. Racism is, is, should be, racist statements should be illegal. Uh, what else? Homophobic statements. Okay, so we're basically just saying anything that, that's really offensive or hateful should be illegal. Okay, but who, who's deciding what's hateful? Who, who's deciding this? The people who decide this are the people in, in power, man. The people with the political power decide what is hateful. I mean, for crying out loud, <laughs> if we didn't have the First Amendment in the U.S., and they had outlawed hate speech, then the government could have shut down Martin Luther King. I mean, a lot of people thought that what he said was hateful. You know, I mean, like, racists. But there were a lot of racists back then, man. And they, they can use this stuff. They can use this power. I don't understand why you want to give people this power. It will be used against you. It will be used against you. But you know what? The, the stupid, the stupid thing, no, this, isn't this, this is one of the stupid things, is that letting, like, fringe psychos speak their mind is, like, the best way to get people to not agree with those thoughts. I mean, you know, if you let people... <laughs> just show what how insane they are. It, no, it's not going to turn other people insane listening to insane people. It's going to show, like, the vast majority of people who have any sort of reasoning ability that those people are insane. You know, I, I saw an article a while ago about how the uh, Westboro Baptist Church was actually one of the strongest forces for getting... Uh, uh, the American popular opinion in favor of gay marriage. So, uh, I don't know if you know the West, Westboro Baptist Church. It's basically like a family who are just, they're like crazy. They're like super anti-gay, like Christian people. I mean, they're really nuts. You should, like, <laughs> you should go read some of the stuff they say or watch them on YouTube or something. They're, they're, they're nuts. And when you have people like this out there, it just, it shows 
other people how ridiculous it is to hold these positions. And, you know, this article said, and I agree, I really think that seeing these lunatics, letting them just speak their mind, went a long way to showing people how ridiculous those ideas were. And, you know, it, it, this is how it works, man. I mean, this is the point. Well, this isn't the point, but this is like the practical use of free speech. Is Bad ideas will be, you know, beaten by good ideas. You gotta let all the ideas out in the open, man. People will see the stupid ones, they'll see the good ones, and they'll see, okay, well, this obviously is insane, and this makes a lot more sense. I mean, give people a little credit. Just because someone is anti-gay or anti-whatever-black, it doesn't mean anyone who hears them is instantly going to be that way, right? I mean, isn't this obvious? I feel like this is obvious, but it doesn't seem people aren't acting like this is obvious. I just... Look, you gotta think, man. This doesn't just apply to speech, this applies to everything. If you, if something happens that you don't like, you, you can't just make a law against it. <laughs> I mean, it's, you just, you just can't, man. There's never gonna be a world where all the laws force everyone to act like you think is the right way to act. That world is not going to happen. And there's, there's no point in hoping for it. What you can do, the best thing you can do for yourself and for your fellow human, is give people freedom. You have to let other people be free so that you can be free. This means be free to do things you disagree with. Be free to do anything they see fit that doesn't harm another human being. Uh, this means people have to be free to do anything consenting adults do. From watch TV to do drugs, uh, make or watch pornography prostitute themselves. Anytime there's consenting adults, no matter how offensive you find their activity, I'm sorry, but you have no right to outlaw it. And anytime you try to outlaw it, that power, you're giving power to some group of people to control other people. Anytime you give away that power, it will be used against you. It's just a matter of time. This is a fact. This is a fact that I thought was self-evident. You can't go around outlawing stuff that offends you. You you just can't. I mean, who who thinks that you can? Why do you think this? Why do you think that's a good idea? To outlaw things that offend you. Have, do, do people, have people learned any, anything from being alive? I mean... It's seriously like a, a return to the Dark Ages or something. 
I mean, people figured this out a long time ago. Why, why, why are we back here? Why are we back here with people trying to out outlaw speech? How did we get here? Uh, okay, so I think that this, it needs to start, start with people just chilling. Just, you need to chill. If someone says something offensive about some group that you think is being attacked, just chill out about it, okay? They're, nothing's, they're not going to, like, get some sort of fan base, okay? People are going to think they're idiots and not listen to them. Okay, so just relax. Um, new music started. Okay, so that's basically the lesson. Chill. Just let people do their thing, as long as they're not hurting anyone. And everything will be fine. Everything will be fine if you just chill. Anyway, I don't know, I, I hope there was some coherent thought this um, I was seeing red most of that time so I'm gonna sign off I'll see you all next time this is culture armistice